This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. If you missed last Sunday, preach the first section of the book. And I'm going to preach the second section. This is really three chapters distilled into one message. I want to talk today about the second section of the book. And I'll give you the title in a moment, but I love these verses here from David. David is writing about how God formed us, He created us, and God, well, I believe this with all my heart, God has a plan for us. Watch these verses here, what David describes in his relationship with God. He says, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sands. When I awake, I am still with you. Somebody say amen. Oh, I love these scriptures. The Bible is saying you and I, we have not just been made, we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Before you were ever really out of the womb, God saw your unformed substance and he was knitting you together. God gave you your personality. God gave you your gift mix. God gave you your talent. Come on, anybody thankful today? You weren't just created by your parents. Come on, church. Anybody thankful you were created by God? God made you. God created you. You're a designer's original. I love this. He said, more than the sands of the seas, so are the thoughts of the Lord towards me today. Do you understand what the Bible's saying there? God is saying, if you took all the sand from Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach, Malibu, all the way up the PCH, more than the sands of the seas, so are the thoughts of the Lord towards you. God is thinking about your life. God is thinking good thoughts towards your world. God is strategizing your future. God is blocking people from taking you out, and God is giving you relationship so he can advance your life. Anybody thankful today that it's not just you that's thinking about you? Come on, somebody thank the Lord. God is thinking about you today. You're on heaven's radar. I love what he said. Even before I had one day, you sat down and you totaled and you wrote together what my future would look like. I want to declare to you, your future is not your idea. It's God's idea. God planned it. God wrote it down. God designed it. And really what faith for a future is, is just saying we got to trust God to move out of our past and get into our God-given potential. The past is doesn't even compare to the future that God has written down. By the way, when God wrote down your future, he didn't write bad plans, plans of calamity, plans of evil or to harm you. No, God wrote down plans that will prosper you. God has a hope and a future. So God wrote this down. He said, I got a plan. I got a future. I'm going to fearfully and wonderfully create you. I've got something for you. When it comes to faith for a future, I want to talk this morning about who... Who is it that gets to live this dream? In fact, would you write that down as a title? Who? Who is it that gets to live this dream? 
Is it just Christians? Is it just those that live perfect? Is it those that give on push pay? What about people that write checks? Is it, who gets to live the God dream? I want to talk today about who it is that really gets an opportunity, gets a crack at living the dream, the plan, and the future that God has for our lives. Before I pray, by show of hands, anybody here today, you say, I want the plan that God has for my life. Let me just see your hand. If you want, I want to talk today about how you can actually be on the same page with everybody, that all of us are candidates for God to do something great in our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We acknowledge you. We thank you that you are good, you are kind, you are loving, you are gracious. We ask today, open up our eyes so we can see you. Open up our ears so we can hear you. Do something unique and profound. We thank you that today your word is alive and it's active and it instructs us. It leads us. It teaches us. We said that your word is truth and we listen to your thoughts. And we thank you today that in the name of Jesus, the Rams will win another football game in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, okay, I felt no faith when I prayed that. Come on, let's just clap in advance for the Rams. Come on, they're winning because we're praying. All glory be to us. Kidding, kidding. Um, have you ever noticed that you, you don't maybe do this on purpose, but when you interact with somebody, you can't help yourself? You have like a preconceived notion about this type of person? Like you kind of, you, you put somebody into a box. This is called stereotyping. I read a book years ago uh, by a guy named Malcolm Gladwell, and he calls this thin slicing. Like when you see somebody, maybe they're dressed a certain way or their personality is a certain way, and so you see them and you kind of put them in a category, and you're like, you're like oh, th this is where they're at, this is what they're capable of, and you, without trying to do it, I call this being judgmental, yeah, without trying to do it, you just kind of like, this is, this is, this is who gets what, and this is, where they, this is how big they should get. And, and, and without, without trying to, we kind, of, we kind of stop growth for people's lives in our heads. I want to talk today about how we've got to remove that from our own lives because God has not put you into a box. God has actually planned and ordained a future that is beyond your imagination. In fact, listen, it's not just that we do this to others, it's that we do this to ourselves. We actually do this to our own life. We go, well, because I've made these mistakes and I've done these things and I can't get my act together, well, then I deserve this much blessing and this much goodness from God. And inadvertently, it's not just that you're condemning others, it's that you're condemning yourself. I want to talk today, I want to debunk the myth of Christianity. Most people believe that as perfect Christians, it's good people, it's those that do good that get God's best. I want to declare to you today, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a plan for your future, more than the sands of the sea, so are the thoughts of the Lord towards you. Come on, anybody thankful today? In spite of your past, you still have a future, and you're a candidate for God's very best. Listen, this is, this is so important. We get over ourselves. Because some of us, it's not just that we hold some people to Xbox. It's that we hold ourselves there. We hold ourselves down. We, we, we put ourselves in timeout. My son, when he gets in trouble, oftentimes will say, you know, you, you got to stand over here for, for, you know, 
good 60 seconds, calm down, let's breathe together. And then, and then once you're calm, okay, let's talk together about what you're feeling, what's going on. Sometimes we, we put ourselves in time out for way too long when God's like, I forgot. What, what, what do you mean? I already graced that. I already forgave that. I've already moved on past that. Why do you keep rehearsing the same old thing? want to debunk the myth that some of us think there are perfect Christians that get the future and there are bad Christians that they still get punishment. Listen, the reality is, is that God is only looking for one thing when it comes to your life. Write down point number one. God wants our heart, not our perfection. What God really wants is not your performance, not your perfection, not how good you can be. God's just after your heart. In fact, God, what he really wants more than anything else in your life, God wants your heart. The Bible says it this way. The eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth looking for Waldo. Kidding. Stop. Looking. Just wanted to see if you're with me. You know what I'm saying? It's good. It's pretty good. From the front row, I got a thumbs up. I feel good about that one. The eyes of the Lord Search to and fro throughout the earth. So God's eyes are searching to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts would be fully committed to him. What's God really after in your life? What's God really looking for out of you? All that God wants is your heart. God, in fact, there's a story in the Bible where God speaks to this prophet Samuel. And, and Saul was just, he was a king, but he, he wasn't living up to the standard. So God said, I'm, I'm going to anoint a new king. There's going to be a new sheriff, and his name I'm not going to give you, but he's at Jesse's house. Go to Jesse's house. He's got all these boys, and I'll show you the one to anoint. So, so Samuel goes to Jesse's house and knocks on the door. He said, you know, you, the next king is in your home. He said, I want to go show me your boys, and, and, um, and I'll, I, I'm sure when I see him, when I see him, I'll know who God's talking about. So he sees one of the boys, and he's like, whoop, for sure this is it. This guy's from Reading. Look at his shirt. This is awesome. It's this guy right here. My God, Dante. So, so he looks at him and he's like, it's got to be this guy. Watch what God says to Samuel the prophet here. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Not talking about you, Dante. I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God is watching your heart. God is after your heart. God doesn't care about your performance or your perfection or your duty or trying to hold up the law. God just says, give me your heart. Start with heart. If I got heart, I got everything I need. I can work with your heart. Come on, anybody thankful today? God is not demanding perfection. God is not asking for performance. God is just saying, just give me your heart and I got everything I can work with. Everything I need is in the heart. That's why the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because if your heart goes sideways, your life will go sideways. It's all about heart. Heart over everything. Heart over performance. Heart over perfection. God wants your heart. Watch this in Proverbs. I love this one. Proverbs 21, as it comes on the screen, clean living before God and justice with our neighbors mean far more to God than religious performance. In other words, God's saying, I, I, I just want your heart. That your heart's in a good place? You ever have your heart go sideways? You ever have your heart go bad? Am I the only person here today? I'm asking, has your heart ever gotten into a bad spot? And a lot of times we think, well, if my heart's sideways, but I'm doing all the Christian stuff, then I'm good. No, God said, give me heart. 
All I care about is heart. I don't, I, don't, I don't need your performance. You cannot impress me. By the way, when it comes to Christianity and when it comes to receiving Jesus, we do not live to please God and try and be amazing. We live from amazing. I am no longer trying to impress God. All of the wow came in the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus and the blood that was shed. That is amazing, not me. So no performance can amaze God. God was wowed when his son died for the sins of the world. God's not after our, our performance, our perfection. He's just really after our heart. Watch this, this other verse here in Matthew 6, verse 1. I love this scripture here. It says, be especially careful when you're trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. Isn't that amazing? You can impress others. Other people are so impressed, but God's up in heaven going like, I'm not wowed by how good you do. I'm wowed when you just give me your heart. All that I'm after is your heart. In fact, would you write down point number two? God's not looking for your capability. He's looking for your availability. God's just saying, you know what I'm after in your life? I want to tell you who gets my best. Just give me your heart and make yourself available. I'll tell you what life is about. Half of life is just showing up. Showing up for your friends, showing up for your church, showing up in your marriage, showing up for your children, showing up for the Rams. Half a life, just showing up, being available. You ever try and text somebody and they don't text you back and you're going through the verge of crazy zone? Like how many texts can I send this person without looking crazy? That's what I love about being married. When you get married, you can call as many times as you want. They don't pick up the first time, ring it again. You can call 10 times, you're still, you're still not in the crazy zone. We made vows to each other. And when I made that vow, it means I can call as much as I'd like. There is no crazy zone now. All the married people say amen. Another worse when someone's unavailable. Are you unavailable before God? God can't get your attention. Because if he's got your heart, he's got your attention. If he's got your heart, you're available. Saying, God, what do you want me to do? God, what does this future look like? Nothing better than just being available. Nothing worse when something's not available. The other day I got on Amazon.com for the very first time. Never been on there before. Wow. It's amazing. Amazon.com. I was going to order my first thing. I got a gift card for my birthday. It's going to order some new basketball shoes. This is awesome. So I got on there, punched in my thing. It was, there was available I got my colorways of the basketball shoes I wanted. Went and clicked all the way to the checkout. But when I went to the checkout, it was the image was there when I was shopping that it was the right colorway. But when I went to checkout, it was the wrong one. It was unavailable. I said, this, I'm never doing it again. Julia, it's all yours. <laughs> Nothing worse when something's unavailable. God's just going, here's what I really want. I, I just want your heart and to just come and make yourself available. Come and stand before me and just and, 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 and let me do something. I don't need you to perform. I don't need you to do all the work. I just need you to stand there and let me encourage you and love you and bless you and heal you and give you joy and give you help. Come on, somebody thank the Lord today. God's not looking for your performance. He just wants you to be available so he can do something awesome. So he can do all the work. You might be here today going like, man, I, I have issues, I got problems, I'm not perfect, I've got things going on in my world. Listen, listen, in spite of your imperfections, God is still asking for availability. In fact, Paul the Apostle and Peter are the two people I want to, I want to prove to you out of these two lives that we can debunk the myth that only perfect people get God's blessing. 
Paul, the apostle, before he was a Christian, was on his way to a church to take believers out. Like, like we just saw in Texas two Sundays ago during a worship service, a dude walked in and did a horrific act. Paul was on his way to go do this. God intercepts his life, calls him out of darkness and into light. When he was planning his worst, God was still planning his best. That's God. What about Peter? Peter spent three years with Jesus. Three years every single day serving him, helping him, being, being involved in the ministry. Three year, after three years, when Jesus needed him the most, Peter was not there at all. In fact, Peter denies that he knows him three times. When, when he denies him that he knows him three times, the Bible says Peter goes away and he weeps bitterly. Because it's one thing if somebody breaks your heart, it's a whole nother level when you break your own heart. He's crying, he's down, he goes back to his old job, fisherman, because he thinks to himself, being a Christian is too hard for me, I'm not good at Christianity, I'm a loser, I'm the worst, I let God down, so he goes back to being a fisherman. When Jesus gets up out the grave, the first thing he told the angel, or the angel told Mary Magdalene, he said, I want you to go tell the disciples, and especially Peter, tell them that Jesus got up out the grave. When Jesus goes and he finds the disciples, he goes to the fisherman spot, and he calls Peter by name, and Peter comes, and, and literally, Jesus makes him breakfast. I mean, you know God loves you when God makes you breakfast. Scrambled eggs, bacon, and some avocado with some sriracha. Sorry, that's what I want. Um, but Paul and Peter prove that God's, God's not looking for your capability. All God's looking for is availability. Even if you've made mistakes, watch here two verses from Paul. Paul's going to basically say, I know, I'm aware, I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers. Watch here in 2 Corinthians 11.30. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. If you're weak here today, you're in good company. All of us are weak. Watch what Paul says to Timothy. Here it says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. In fact, I can always tell when someone's growing in their relationship with Jesus. I can always tell when you're going to another level of faith because the more you understand grace and the more you understand God, the more you realize I can't believe God loves me in spite of me. I can't believe God uses me because I know how bad I am. I know what I've done. I know my failure. And the fact that God loves me and still uses me is beyond my belief. Come on, anybody thankful today? God is not looking for your capability. He's looking for your availability. Come on, God wants your heart he does not want perfection and if you don't live this way or believe this what happens is you and I I call it image management we project this image that we've got it all together and we've got everything figured out and we want everybody to, to think about us we're good we're good we're good well I, I got I'm, I'm good because we we're so afraid of people's opinions we are so scared that somebody might find out what you really are. So write this down, point number three. Fear of rejection produces fake perfection. When you're so afraid of being rejected. You're so, I mean, this is so many of us. Many of us, our biggest fear is rejection. So what we do is we refuse to put ourselves in situations where we even could be rejected. So we play it safe in every social setting. We play it safe in our whole life because lest we be uninvited, 
lest we face rejection. This is our biggest fear. So watch what happens. Inadvertently, you and I, if we have this, we live with the fear of man. And the Bible says in Proverbs that the fear of man is a trap. Other translations call it a snare. So in other words, you can't really fulfill God's call and God's plan because you're petrified of what other people will think of you. I want to tell you today, if you live in the fear of man, you will never please man and you will never please God. I don't know about you, but I do not want to fear man more than I fear God. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I'm not here to live my life afraid of what people may think. You and I are going to face rejection. Jesus said if they hated me, they're going to for sure hate you. So rejection is just a part of this whole thing. Once you decide, you divide. So I decided I'm with Jesus. That may bring some division in my life. But I'm thankful today that I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now I'm alive. So I'm happy to choose Jesus anybody else but when you live in that fear of rejection it produces a fake version of you so we just image manage image man everybody thinks I'm good everything everybody, all the while addicted all the while broken all the while struggling all the while facing temptation all the while but, but everybody thinks I'm good so I'm good right everybody, it's, 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 it's just fake it's like Instagram Instagram is not real it's not real like most of us are just like, we, we compare our behind the scenes with everybody else's highlight reel. And we wake up scrolling and going like, wow, they're so much better. They're, they live such a great life. Wow. And, I'm, and my behind the scenes looks worse than everybody else's highlight reel. And so it produces this fake perfection where we feel like we've got to image manage and God is not interested at all. God wants the real you. God wants the true you. God wants the broken you. God wants the transparent you. He wants the genuine you. He cannot work with the fake you. He can only work with the real you. Anybody thankful today that God doesn't play games? Come on. God wants literally us to be our real true person before him in fact that fear that fear if, it, if you allow it, it will grip your life watch this verse here I love this verse so much first John chapter 4 watch what it says here John is so insightful on this he said there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love you, you see the tactic of the enemy the devil wants to get you afraid, so fearful of, of what other people might think. And so you're gripped with fear, and you're afraid of what other people might find out or discover. But when you, when you get the love of God in your life, it drives out that fear because you've been perfected not by your own performance. You've been perfected by the blood of the Lamb, which washes you and cleanses you and heals you. So you're not bragging about your performance. You're bragging about a God that loves you in spite of you. Come on, somebody thank God today that the perfect love is driving out fear in our lives. All of this is available. All of this can happen not because of our duty and our performance and us even trying to go, God, I give you my heart and I'm available. All of this is available because of Jesus Christ himself. So write down the, the, the fourth and the final thought today I want to just encourage you with. Jesus, he changes everything. Jesus shows up in our world. Jesus shows up in our life. And he said, you might have a past, you might have mistakes, and I know you are not perfect yet. But one thing I'm going to do is I'm still going to commit to you, I'm going to love you, 
I'm going to use you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to lead you. And the plan that I made when you were in your mother's womb, the plan that I created before you were ever born, the plan that I have for you, I'm committed to. In spite of your past, I'm still committed to your future. Jesus changes everything. If we were under the law, if we were under old school religion, we would have to perform and try and be perfect and try and do duty and live up to the law. But because we're under grace and we're under Jesus, Jesus just says, come, come follow me. Come, come, I'll heal you. I'll love you. I'll forgive you. I'll lead you. I'll guide you. I'll comfort you. I'll instruct you. I'll remind you. I'll convict you when you're sinning. Don't worry about your sin. I'll talk to you about your sin. I'll actually lead you out of a sinful life and into a a life of truth into a life of uprightness. I'll lead you into integrity. I'll actually help you and create in you a clean heart. Jesus shows up and changes everything. He's the only reason why we can have hope in the future. In fact, most of us get excited about faith for future because we're like, oh yes, for future, I'm so in. What's it going to be, God? How much money, huh? Where am I going? Career? Woo! It's exciting. <laughs> What's my future? Jesus is the future. Like, the future is not geography. The future is not occupation. God doesn't have you in a church service to say, you know what, who I've got so many huge plans for your life. The huge plan for your life really is wrapped up in his son. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's big idea. Jesus is God's big plan. And when you follow Jesus and you give him your heart and you make yourself available, Jesus will lead you into opportunities you've never dreamed of. Jesus will take you into paths you never even thought you could walk down. Jesus will show you better than a geography, better than an occupation. He'll show you purpose. He'll show you passion. He'll show you identity. Come on, anybody thankful today? Jesus shows up and changes everything. It's all Jesus. We can't get too excited about faith for a future if it's not attached to Jesus. Jesus is, is the big idea of the Bible. He's God's master plan. This whole thing we're doing today is centered around one man, and his name is Jesus. Because Jesus changes everything. I just want to read one last verse. Pray this brings such encouragement to you. No matter what your past looks like, Watch this verse here. Paul the Apostle's writing. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. And the new is here. I want to say to you today, it's a new day. It's a new season. You might have made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. You might have fallen down, but today I say we can get back up. You might have tried to live perfect. You failed time and time again. God doesn't, God doesn't look at your performance or your perfection God's saying give me your heart come on give me your heart give me your heart I'll work just show up make yourself available I want to encourage you those of you that have come in you're new to Christianity you're new to church I want to challenge you today give Zoe one year give Zoe one year of your life show up every Sunday that you're in town you I promise you your life can't get changed maybe in two or three months but if you give God one calendar year I promise you you'll, you'll never be the same Come on, just make yourself available. God's after your heart, and he's got a plan for your life. Come on, somebody thank God today. Come on, the best is yet to come because Jesus showed up, and he changed everything. He changed everything for every person in the Bible. He's changing our lives this morning. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat 
under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.